TII Item 264, April 16th, 2013. The episode with stones. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the TII app, the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Eric for sending in the music here in the background. Eric wrote, Hi, Rob. I was filling in GarageBand tonight and thought you could use this music in your show. All parts were performed in GarageBand on my iPhone 4S. The guitar was recorded using Apogee Jam plugs straight into the 30-pin dock connector. Hope you and your listeners enjoy it. Regards, Eric from Chicago. Thanks, Eric, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Anthony for sending in the artwork for today's show. Anthony wrote, Hi Rob, here is artwork that was made all on the iPhone 4. It is a photo of the kids' rubber playmat taken with the Lux Pro camera with the macro setting. Put lighting effects and border on with Laminar app. The text was put on with Fontgram app. Regards, Anthony from Australia. Well, Anthony, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Anthony's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 264, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. As always, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some more music as I don't have any for the next episode. So if you have music, send it in. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, The iPhone is an expensive toy for the wealthy and self-indulgent, while the DS is an inexpensive toy for everyone. I think that Apple will succeed in making mobile phone games a bit more accessible and fun, but cannot conceive of their gaining significant share of the handheld market. The iPhone is unlikely to ever compete effectively, as it is unlikely to attract the level of third-party developer support afforded the DS." Michael Patcher, Wedbush Morgan Securities, 14th of August, 2007. Yup, sure is a shame the iPhone was never able to cultivate a decent level of third-party developer support. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 263, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Pocket KPI, Chronicles, Masters of Alchemy, Vengeance Front, and Polynome. Those have all been given out. Thanks to the devs for sending in those codes and for all of you that sent in emails for them. This week, we have promo codes for a couple of apps. The first app is a repeat visitor to this segment. It is the app Check Me Out. Three words. This is the app that is a non-reversing mirror app. Neil the dev wanted to say the app has been updated and some of the new features are the Instagram filters, the photo effects, which is like a mini Photoshop, and the mirror aspect uh, with Zoom by using the pinch gesture, mirror light, split screen, allows the user to use a simple mirror and non-reversing mirror at the same time, and the flip button, which also the user uh, allows the user to switch from non-reversing mirror to simple mirror. This feature can be used in the split screen mode to switch uh, the sides of the mirrors. Neil also added an upload feature to social networking, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where the app does not store your photos on the server like Instagram does. You can also email the photo from within the app. 
Thanks, Neil, for the promo codes for your app. Check me out. And folks, there is both an iPhone version and an iPad version of this one. So if you are interested in this one, put either Check Me Out iPad or Check Me Out iPhone in the subject line of the email you send to todayinios at gmail.com. If you don't specify, well, then no soup for you. So make sure to designate either iPhone or iPad version when sending in that email. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Flycast Master. Three words. Here is the review from the dev. I'm from the Flycast Master dev team here in Ireland. Fly fishing is a very popular sport, and fly casting is an art that requires many hours of practice. Unfortunately, most people don't get the chance to practice as much as they would like, and this inspired us to design and create a fly casting training app, the first of its kind in the market. Using the built-in accelerometer and gyroscope technology available on the iPhone, we captured and modelled an expert fly casting instructor's casts and also the five main casting errors. So when a budding caster uses Flycast Master to practice, the app compares their cast to that of an expert's perfect cast and identifies any errors and gives feedback on their performance. It also provides hints and tips on how to improve. The app also includes a set of video tutorials and a comprehensive instruction manual to help casters get the most out of Flycast Master. Thanks to the devs for their review of their app, Flycast Masters, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Flycast in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails and ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev, email me. If you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment, there is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating you are the dev in that audio review. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. All right, let's start with the news. Here's one story I thought many of you would like to know about, and it has to do with being careful with what's in your hand when you are driving. A driver in California was ticketed for looking at his Maps app on his iPhone while driving and holding the phone in his hand. The driver in this case was a lawyer and fought the law, but you guessed it, the law won. Sorry, could not resist. Yep, judges held up it was not legal to hold and look at your smartphone while driving for any reason. So if you are like me and you are holding that iPhone while driving and have the maps going, time to put it down and keep both hands on the wheel, especially if you are in a hands-free jurisdiction. And that is also why good turn-by-turn directions are needed with map apps. A bunch of stores carrying the iPad line cut prices earlier this month. The iPad mini is now just $299 for the 16-gig Wi-Fi version at Walmart and Best Buy. Additionally, there were big cuts in the price of the 3rd-gen iPad Maxi. For example, the iPad 3rd-gen 16-gig Wi-Fi model is now listed at, at $315, down from $449. If this sounds like a fire sale to make way for the next-gen iPads, you would not be alone in thinking that way. Well, except for Walmart and Best Buy, who said it had nothing to do with clearing inventory for a new product. Yeah, because you know, price discounts on iPad minis, which is still selling great, makes perfect sense, just like 30% cuts in pricing for third-gen iPad maxis. Nothing to see here, folks. Just move along. Just move along. Did I mention we are so overdue for an Apple announcement of any sort? Yeah, this leads me to believe the next Apple product announcement will be an iPad-specific product announcement. 
Uncle Gene Munster, when he is not dreaming of an Apple TV, is at the local mall chasing down teenagers to ask them personal questions. Like, you know, what type of smartphone do you have or plan to get? And as in the past, when Gene did this, the results are positive for Apple. Very positive. Teens overwhelmingly prefer the iPhone. 62% of teens plan to make their next phone the iPhone. And this is versus just 23% that expect to buy an Android phone for the next phone. Oh, and 48% of teens surveyed already had an iPhone, versus just 40% last fall when Gene did the same survey. On the tablet side, 51% already own a tablet. Of those that do, 68% own an iPad. 17% plan to buy a tablet in the next six months, with 68% of those planning on getting an iPad. With the iPad Maxi being the choice over the iPad Mini at a ratio of almost 4 to 1. Yes, for every five teenagers that plan to get an iPad, four of them plan to get a Maxi. So much for the Mini killing the Maxi. More data that is Apple positive comes from Comscore. They found that out of 133.7 million smartphone users in the U.S., Apple market share went up 3.9% to 38.9%. And since those numbers were released, Apple's stock price has gone down. I'm still not sure how much or what type of, or if there's any news in the near term that will do anything to break Apple stock out of its funk. Wall Street just wants to hear only the bad news about Apple these days. Oh, hey, let's just keep on keeping on with stats. This time we go back to Uncle Gene Munster and Piper Jaffrey, who looked at 10 of the top 100 mobile websites like Answer.com, Tumblr, LinkedIn, and Bleacher Report, to name a few. Here is what they found. In March, 66.4% of traffic was coming in from an iOS device, up from 65.4% in February. Android in March dropped to 28.7%, down from 29.7% in February. A few different sites out there, blogs out there, and Munster himself try to analyze and overanalyze the data to see what it all means. But really? It just comes back to Android users use their phones to make phone calls. iOS users use their phones to do more than make phone calls. It's all about the engagement with the device. And iOS users are much more engaged. Some more of the iOS versus Android consumption stats, this time from Libsyn.com, the world's largest podcast hosting company. And when they, and by they I mean I, looked at the stats for March for all downloads, over 51% of podcast downloads were to mobile devices, which is great news for podcasters. And when I looked at the downloads for iOS versus Android, there was a 4.76 to 1 ratio of iOS downloads versus Android downloads, still proving that iOS devices are for more than just phone calls, unlike Android devices. I will try to take a look at these numbers each month going forward, and by I, I mean Lipson.com will. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I thought you might find this interesting. Regards, Ian from Morecambe, UK. Hi, Ian. Yes, indeed, I did find this interesting. With this, in this case, being stats. Yes, more stats. And this time, they come from Campaign Monitor, and they send out email campaigns, and they track where those emails are getting opened. And what they found will not surprise any listeners to this show. One, mobile email clients opening the emails outgun those for desktop and PCs. And two, of those mobile clients, number one is the mail client for iOS, with 35.6% of all emails opened, versus second place Outlook at 20.14%, and Hotmail, yes, Hotmail, in third at 13.57%. Fourth goes back to Apple with Apple's mail at 11%, so that's the desktop side. Sadly, these numbers were last updated in August-September, 
would be interesting to see if there was any change in the numbers since then. In the it's over before it's over category comes the news that iSupply just released a new report saying the netbook category will be dead by 2015. Well, except for the fact that it's already basically dead. In 2010, the year the iPad was released, netbooks shipped to the tune of over 32 million units worldwide. This year, iSupply says netbooks will ship a total of less than 4 million units, or less than how many iPads shipped since I released episode 262 of TII. I would say if you go from 32 million in 2010 to less than 4 million in 2013, yeah, that is dead already. No need to wait to 2015 to put the fork in it. Stick it in now and just say netbooks are dead and move on. Today, if you want a netbook, you get an iPad mini and a keyboard case, and you're done. Hey Rob, it's Jesse here in Los Angeles. Um, there is a caller who called in to your most recent show asking about an app that would let him download transactions from his bank and then uh, edit those notes on that. I use an app called Mint that is put out by Inuit, um, same guys who do Quicken. And it downloads all of my transactions um, onto the app, and then I can update all of the details about it, um, who it was. It will download like the uh, the place where I bought it, or the um, any information it can get from the credit card machine. Um, so, looking at a most recent transaction, it was from Smart and Final. I could change that if I wanted to, or if it was from someplace else, or if I wanted to add in more information, I can put in categories to that uh, for um, my records. I can add in notes. Um, anyway, just thought that would be useful. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Jesse. Another email I got on this was, Hi, Rob. In regards to the guy looking for a good banking app, he can write notes in and our other stuff. One of the best banking apps I've found is called Mint. It's free in the Apple App Store. It shows all your banking Let's you write notes on individual transactions, gives you the ability to set budgets, shows your credit card accounts that you choose, shows all of your spending and what and where you're spending money at. Highly recommend and only use my bank's app for very specific things like such as paying bills. Thanks for the show. Regards, Chris in Orange County, California. And then, hi Rob. I hope this day finds you well. I am hoping you or your listeners can help me. I'm looking for a spending tracker budget app. I've tried a few like uh, iSpending, Manila, and Mint, and they do a pretty good job. Manila and Mint actually keep your balances current by communicating with your bank. Not sure if you like that or not. I'm simply looking for an app that my wife and I can each have on our phones, and when we spend or deposit money, either cash or debit, she or I would enter it manually, and it would then update the balance on the other's phone. I have a 4S, and she has a 5. We do not share an Apple ID. I hope I didn't make this too long or confusing. Regards, Shannon H. in Fountain Hills, Arizona. Well, Jesse and Chris, thank you for the recommendations for Mint. Sounds like for Shannon, he's already looked at Mint. That's not going to work for him. So if anyone knows of another app out there other than Mint, that would work for Shannon. And essentially what he's looking to do is keep a balance budget between his phone and his wife's phone. And whenever one spends, the other one knows and gets their the budget updated or the total updated on their devices. If you have an idea for Shannon, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. 
Hey, Rob, this is uh, Ben from Dallas calling in to help the guy who uh, wants to set up an automatic way to conditionally call forward uh, his phone call. And I, I don't know about the jailbreak tweak, but what I usually do, there is a usually a digit uh, or a couple of digits that you can call right before the digit that you want to call for the, for the conditional call forward. So for Verizon, it's like star, seven, two star, and then the phone number, and then pound at the end, I believe. And so what you do is you set up a contact with that number, and you, you know, name the contact, enable call forwarding or something. And what I do is whenever I want to do that is I actually use Siri, which is kind of cool. You can just say call you know, enable call forwarding, and then it will enable the call forwarding. And then when I want to disable it, then it's a different set of digits that you have to do. Well, so I would tell a gentleman to call his carrier and see exactly what those digits are and then set up contacts based on um, that. And, and he can just, you know, either put it on his favorites or use Siri or, or whatever. And it will, it should work well. So anyway, thank you for the show, Rob. really appreciate what you do. And uh, I will listen again. Thanks, Doc. Ben, thanks for the good advice there and setting up a contact, which you then just use Siri to call to activate or deactivate your call forwarding. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is another story where people are complaining about Apple's security. Well, kind of, sort of. In this case, the people complaining are the man. And they are complaining that Apple's security for iMessage is so good, it is, quote, impossible to intercept messages between two Apple devices, unquote. This according to a document from the U.S. DEA. So yes, the U.S. government, intelligence, and law enforcement agencies are complaining that iMessage is too secure. Which means if you are looking for a secure messaging platform to use at work to keep corporate secrets, well, secrets, iMessage is the one for you. Apple announced they'll report their financials on Tuesday, April 23rd at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I will time the next episode to come out shortly thereafter. With the financials just about a week away, it means it is time for the wrap-up of the analysts with regards to predicting iPhone and iPad sales. As always, Philip Elmer DeWitt over at Fortune does a great job of gathering up all the predictions. Let's start with the iPhone predictions. Last quarter of 2012, there were 47.8 million actual iPhones sold. This quarter, or this past quarter that just ended, Q1 of 2013, the pro analysts, on average, are predicting 36.4 million units sold versus the 37.9 million iPhones sold average that the non-pros are predicting. On the extremes, Shaw Wu at Stern AG predicted just 32.5 million iPhones sold last quarter, and Michael Content from the Brayburn Group predicted 42.5 million units sold last quarter. I find myself thinking the number will be closer to 40 million units sold. We shall see. On the iPad side, last quarter of 2012, there were 22.86 million iPads sold. This past quarter, the analysts are predicting an average of 18.4 million iPads from the pros and just 17.7 million iPads from the non-pros. The extremes were Brian Blair from Wedge Partners at a low of 13 million sold versus Stuart Jeffrey from Namora at 21.72 million iPads sold. I think it is very, very safe to say Brian is whack, and the real number should be in the 18.5 to 19 million range for sales last quarter, or so I think. We shall see on the 23rd. Interestingly, on the numbers being reported front, 
Foxconn reported its biggest revenue decline in over a decade last week, and quickly speculation went wild that this is because of a slowdown in demand for iOS devices that Foxconn makes for Apple. Or maybe, just maybe, it could be about the other 40% or so of their business at Foxconn that is not Apple-related. Remember, Foxconn slash Hanhai also has as customers HP, Dell, Nokia, and Nintendo. And, well, we all know how great sales of those companies' products are doing. While we will not know for sure on the numbers until next week, I think it is more likely that the decline at Hanhai Foxconn had to do with Apple's PC competitors uh, that are getting their butts kicked by the iPad than it has any slowdown from sales of iOS devices, which, again, is how many spun the news. On the 23rd, we will see who was right and who was wrong. T-Mobile has a new offer that is, well, not the best offer. If you trade in your iPhone 4 4S, they will waive the down payment on the iPhone 5. Or put another way, they'll give you $99 for your iPhone 4 4S, which is $50 less than Gazelle will give you for the iPhone 4, and over $100 less than what they'll give you for the iPhone 4S. Yeah, stay away from that deal with a 10-foot pole. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just wanted to mention T-Mobile's new Unlimited actually is unlimited. They don't throttle the new plans at 5 gigs. The link from Apple Insider that I just put into the show notes uh, will use says they will use throttling as network management only in the interest of fair use for other users on the network, which is the way it's supposed to be. I'll reserve final judgment until I see it for myself, as I am currently set to use on the order of 50 to 70 gigs a month. I am going once they have an LTE setup in Louisville. I currently have AT&T, and I get throttled after two days, although sometimes I can fool the throttling system. T-Mobile's new plans are why I got an unlocked iPhone 5 as soon as they came out. Shame this is old-school A1428 version, and it isn't compatible with the new AWS HSPA Plus from T-Mobile. Regards, Dennis F., and the article, if you want to see what one Dennis is talking about, is titled T-Mobile Tiptoes Around Data Throttling iPhone Wi-Fi Calling. Look for that in the show notes for episode 264 over today on iOS.com. And with T-Mobile's launch last weekend, how did they do on sales? Personally, I was not expecting much. After all, the iPhone 5 has been out at a lot of carriers already in the U.S. since September. But that did not stop T-Mobile from having, quote, one of the biggest weekends in the history of the company, unquote. Heck, there were even reports of some lines at some T-Mobile stores. Really? Lines for a seven-month-old phone? Wow. Again, just goes to show how the iPhone is in a world of its own when it comes to demand. I mean, nothing else is like this. Nothing. It seems like forever since the last Apple new product announcement, and the natives are getting a restless, which means the rumors are coming out of the word work once again. Let's quickly go over some of the latest ones. Mac Rumors had some pictures of what is supposed to be internals of the next iPhone, one of which is the audio control cable, and if it is for a future iPhone, shows it's going to a push button for the mute rather than a switch, which makes very little sense. Another rumor is from John Gruber, and a source of his, I would assume, is that iOS 7 is being delayed as it is taking longer. And but that the next iPhone will be out when planned, just running iOS 6, and then later you upgrade to iOS 7. They've done that before with past iOS devices. 
One possible reason for the delay is Johnny Ive is getting his hands dirty, ripping out all the skeuomorphic design elements. When it comes to rumors, Gruber has one of the best track records. Thanks to Tash for the heads up on this next rumor, which comes from Korea Times, or Korean Times, which does not have the best track record uh, for rumors, especially with this rumor. And they are rumoring that Apple is reportedly dropping Samsung for its main chip supplier. They've said that before. Essentially, that the A7 main processor, the heart of the future of future iOS devices, would be manufactured by Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corp, TSMC. And that Samsung is being given the old heave-ho for all their chips, which really is not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Given Apple and Samsung's relationship and Tim Cook's history on the supply side, I have to imagine for the past couple of years, one of Tim's biggest priorities was facilitating a full and complete divorce from Samsung as a supplier. That is how Apple best hurts Samsung, pulling their business, not all these darn lawsuits. Back to the rumors. On the iPhone 5S or 7th gen iPhone or next gen iPhone or whatever you want to call it, rumors, there's one from Brian White of Topeka Capital who has said that device is coming with scanning tech for your fingerprints. White then went further into fantasy land talking about an iWatch and possibly an iRing that could be used to control an iTV, saying all this right before he took another hit from his iBong. Just saying. Back to the leaked component rumor front comes pictures of what could be the front panel of the 5th gen iPad. What was interesting on the leak component side of this is that the bezel on the sides is much thinner than the top and the bottom, unlike the current iPad, or Maxi that is, which is more uniform around all the full size of the bezels. In other words, this looks closer to what the iPad mini's ratios look like than the current iPad Maxio's ratios uh, for the bezel. Finally, on the rumor front where the ones were the ones from the Wall Street Journal with regards to the next-gen iPhone, which they think will be out this summer. Thanks, guys, for narrowing it down to between the end of June and the end of September for us. We never would have guessed that otherwise. Shocker if they missed that window. The Wall Street Journal also thinks the iPhone is going to the land of unicorns and rainbows. Well, okay, just rainbows, as in multicolor iPhones, just like the multicolor iPod Touches. Said next-gen iPhone will have an A7 processor, duh, and a better camera, double duh. 12 megapixel one is from Sony module is what's being rumored. Yeah, not so much rumors as they are obvious predictions in my book. And on top of all of those rumors last week, this week is a rumor that Foxconn has started ramping up the hiring of new workers for the next-gen iPhone build. This according to both Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, and both citing sources familiar with the situation. Expectation, speculation is that production of the next-gen iPhone will start, well, any day now, if not already, and that it'll be out, well, this summer. But if you are ramping up now, it would expect, or we would expect it to be closer to the start of the summer rather than the end of the summer like last year. More than likely, the next-gen iPhone will be announced at WWDC in June with a rollout either end of June or early July. My guess is going to probably be end of June. There are some rumblings about Apple jumping in bed with Yahoo, where Yahoo would supply many of the apps run by Google. Or I guess a better analogy is kicking Google out of the bed and inviting Google, Yahoo in. Many are reporting, speculating this is a done deal. But really? How? Apple already kicked Google off the Virgin iPhone that you buy today. In two places, that is. YouTube and Maps. And we all know how well that latter one went. But even so, 
neither were replaced by Yahoo. Plus, saying Apple is going to get in bed with Yahoo missed the point. Yahoo was already there, from the beginning no less. The stock app and the weather app are both powered by Yahoo. So really, I'm not sure where Apple would kick out Google at this point. I guess they could make Yahoo the default search engine, but supposedly Google pays a pretty penny to be the default search engine you know, setting for the search engine on, on iOS devices in Safari. And Yahoo and Bing are already there as options anyway. Again, I do not see where Apple would kick out Google and invite in Yahoo. The key thing is for Apple to keep improving the apps from Google so any user can download and use the Google apps when and how they like. But saying that Yahoo is going to replace Google on Apple's iOS bed is not even close to accurate or possible at this point. This next one is one I kind of sort of felt needed to be mentioned based on all of those that sent in emails on it. So the story goes like this. Guy has an iPad. He puts iPad on roof of car before getting in car and, well, forgets it is there and drives off. Sometime later on, said iPad flies off roof of car. Normally, the story ends there. iPad is lost or shattered, probably both. But this time, said iPad flew off roof of car and hit the front of a woman's car. Again, probably the end of the story. Except instead of bouncing off her car and shattering, the iPad embedded into the front bumper of her car. Not that she knew it at the time. Later on, when the woman parked her car, she saw the iPad wedged out of the front of her car, wedged into the front of the bumper. So much so was it wedged in there, she needed a hammer to get it out. Ouch. Which you would think is the end of the story, except for the part about the iPad still working and her able to open up an app on the iPad and track down the owner of the iPad and get it returned to him. And that is the end of the story. Hey Rob, this is Sean from the uh, podcast Englishman in the USA.net. Firstly, I'd just like to thank you very much for recommending Libsyn. I know you work for them. I've had communication through them with you. Great service for podcasting makes everything so easy, and my podcast has just really taken off since uh, since uploading to Libsyn. Anyway, the reason I called was to talk about the Sprint microcell and the fact that some people have been having problems getting one or fighting with Sprint. I had a really easy time getting one. I didn't mention the Sprint microcell or anything. I called up Sprint and said, hello, can you please tell me what my remaining early termination fee is, please. And I was put through to the Sprint Retention Department, at uh, which point a very nice lady said to me, Do, we can absolutely give you that number, but um, can you please tell me what the problem is? And I played a bit dumb and I said, well, my phone works great everywhere except inside my house. At which point she said, is that your only problem? I replied, yes. And she said, well, in that case, we've got this thing called a microcell. And as long as you've got an internet connection, it will work for you. So short version is uh, I got a free microcell. There's no monthly fee. She sent that out to me that day, and I had it two days later. And I am sprint now. Additionally... Um, I live in the Northern Illinois area uh, on the border with Wisconsin, and we are now getting LTE in our area. So very excited about that too. That was it. Microcell works great. Once again, thanks very much for all you do for us, Rob. Really appreciate it, and um, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. 
Sean, thanks for the kind words about Libsyn. Folks, if you want to podcast or if you're podcasting and you want a better home for your podcast, check out Libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or just email me and I'll talk to you about it. And Sean, thank you very much for the feedback on how you got the microcell. It's a very good way to uh, get some action when people think you're about to leave. Back to the email bag. I wrap. I was using the iPhone Spotlight search to open the TI app, and I noticed that a TI episode showed up in the search. I pressed it, and the episode opened up in the music app. If you are among the podcast app haters out there, this is a way to avoid using it. I personally don't think it's that bad, but it's easier to read the episode descriptions from the music app. Regards, Dave. Hi, Rob. I have video files in my iTunes library, but the videos do not play on my iPad. In some previous versions of iTunes, there was an option to change the format of a video so that it would play on an iOS device. Do you know if this feature is still available on the current version of iTunes? Thanks for your help, Jack P. Hi, Jack. Yes, this option is still there. Select the movie you want to convert in the movies library on iTunes. So go to your movies library, select the movie, then go to file, then to create new version, then select the version you want to convert it to. And your options are either iPad slash iPhone version or iPad slash Apple TV version. So in your case, select the iPad slash Apple TV version. A new version will be created, and that's the one that will work on your iPad. Hi, Rob. Do you know of a good app that is a music player that has a sleep timer? I have the iPad running iOS 6.1.3 that is not jailbroken. Regards, Ryan. Ryan, to answer your question, no, I do not. But I'm sure someone listening does. So if anyone knows of a good app with a sleep timer for playing music, Please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I thought I would share my experience with the new Pebble watch and a recent trip to Florida from Michigan. I backed Pebble last year and received the watch uh, one and a half weeks ago, right before our spring break trip to Florida with my wife and kids. This watch works great with my iPhone 5. While the iPhone 5 was being used as a navigator with Waze, And as our entertainment with Pandora, I was still able to skip songs from my watch. I was even able to monitor incoming emails and texts from my watch. It works seamlessly. Also, I was able to create a wireless connection on my Airport Express, and my three kids were able to play Minecraft together on their iPad minis. I was even able to sneak into their game on one of the iPod Touches, 4th Gen, and mess with their creations. Wow. Four users on Wi-Fi while driving to Florida. Perfect. Love the Apple product line and the Pebble Watch. Regards, Rob from Celine. Hi, Rob. It's Matt in Beaverton, Oregon. Got a comment on show 263 uh, regarding the microcells and how they do the handoffs. Doing a little web research, it appears that the Sprint works the exact same way as the AT&T microcell and that they will, in fact, hand off from inside. Just initiate a call inside the house and then go outside. It will do a handoff. Now, the caveat there is, obviously, if you're in a bad area... It won't hand off if you go out to the driveway, etc., and it's, there's not enough signal to hand off. The other direction, if you initiate a call from outside and then go in your house, it will not do that handoff. One of the issues here is if you are at home and you initiate a call inside, you walk outside to go you do some yard work and then walk back inside. It'll switch to the outside and not back inside, and then you can drop the call. So something to be aware of. Matt, thanks for the feedback. A quick update on the SOS charger I mentioned on the previous show. This is the one I am funding. And it is, again, a handheld charger with a manual crank. Yes, you crank the arm, and it generates electricity to charge your iOS device. 
They are now up to over 2,600 backers with me and over $100,000 raised. If you want one of these, you have until April 26th at 2.59 a.m. Eastern Time to become a backer. This is a great device for those that go camping or otherwise are in places where there are away from power sources like, oh, I don't know, conferences or even on a plane. It just costs $35, and I am so excited about getting this one. Search for SOS Charger, one word, SOS Charger, one word, at kickstarter.com. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, while I was eagerly awaiting your next episode, I surfed through the net and found something cool for people who want to customize their phones. www.anostyle.com is a real cool site. You should check it out. Regards, Sanchit. Well, thanks, Sanchit. For the heads up on Anostyle, A-N-O-S-T-Y-L-E.com. And you know, earlier when I mentioned the rumors about multicolor iPhones and the next-gen iPhone, well, Anostyle lets you take your current iPhone 5 or iPad mini and change the color of the device. So if you want to anodize your iPhone 5 or iPad mini to a color other than white or black, check out Anostyle.com. And yes, this does involve mailing said device to them so they can change the color. So if you can't live without your iOS device for even a day, then this might not be for you, and you'll need to wait until this summer and hope the rumors about multicolor iPhones come true. And another email. Hey Rob, I wanted to show you this cool new accessory for the gearheads out there. It is a unit that plugs into the OBD2 plug in your car and gives you real-time telemetry in any codes that the computer throws. I think it's pretty cool. Check it out www.automatic.com. Regards, Alex from Connecticut. Hi, Alex. Thanks for the heads up on this. And what this is, is a Bluetooth module that plugs into your car and allows your car to talk to your iPhone. Now, I should point out, they are in pre-order mode. They're not shipping yet and not planning to start shipping until May. But if you are a gearhead and really want to get better info from your car, this is worth checking out. Also, one feature they offer is being able to find where you park. Since it communicates with GPS of your device once you park somewhere, each time it gives that info to your iPhone. It looks like, however, this is just going to be for the iPhone 4S and 5 as it uses Bluetooth 4.0. Go to automatic.com for more info. If anyone does get this, please call in with a review. It seems pretty interesting, and I did not even remotely touch on the features they list or uses of this device. Pricing on this is $70, and again, go to automatic.com if you want to find out more and pre-order. Hi, Rob. It's Todd from Sydney, Australia here. Uh, I just wanted to uh, let you know I downloaded the new uh, the new update, 6.1.3. You're pretty impressed with the new podcast app. It's um, it's a big improvement on the on the version before. I just wanted to know if, uh, if you or any of the listeners know, is there a way that you can uh, stream podcasts to an iPhone or iPad uh, from your Mac or, or PC. Uh, I used to be able to do it in the old version of uh, the music app that supported podcasts before the podcast app came out, but uh, it doesn't appear to be supported in the podcast app at all. Uh, I keep the majority of my podcasts on the Mac and um, just stream them directly to the iPod when I'm on the treadmill or if I'm out in the backyard or or, or whatever. Uh, It's just a lot easier. It doesn't take up all the storage on the phone. I only have the 16 gig version of the the new iPhone 5. So yeah, it's uh, 
it's become a bit of a pain actually I, I can't uh, stream podcasts and I do the majority of listening um, at home so yeah if you could uh, put a call out to the listeners and uh, or yourself if you know uh, I'd uh, be really interested to find out if there's a way to do that thanks Rob love the show and uh, keep doing what you do cheers Todd, thanks for listening and for the feedback. And my suggestion is just use the podcast app. Uh, turn it off where it can't download um, and turn it off where it can't use any cellular data. So basically, you only can use it for Wi-Fi. You're at home, connect on your Wi-Fi network, and just stream the episodes to the device. So find the episode you want to listen to, have them in there as your subscription, go to the episode you want to listen to, and just have it play right to the device via Wi-Fi. Uh, this way, you don't have to worry about streaming it from your computer over. Just pick up your iPhone and then move around to other rooms or wherever you wanted to go. That would be my suggestion. Use the podcast app and just have them stream right into the device. If anyone has any other suggestions for Todd, and I'm sure a few of you do, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayonios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag we go. Hi Rob, on my old iPhone 3G, I installed a modified version of iOS 3 called White Door, with door spelled D00R. When installed, it replaced the Apple Store app with an app called App Market. It's more like a folder. When you open the App Market app, it gives you the option to go to the App Store, Cydia, Dropbox, uh, Dropbox Backup, and Time Machine. Time Machine is an app that allows you to easily look up and install older versions of iOS apps. They are cracked, however, meaning that if you install an app that was a paid app, it will be illegal, but you can install free apps, or if you have bought the app, I'm guessing it would be fine. By the way, this also adds features like fast app switching, home screen, wallpaper, voice activations, uh, voice actions, folders, and speed improvement to the overall experience of iOS on an older iPhone. Hope this answer helps the listener's question. Thanks for the show. Regards and White Door can be found and downloaded for the iPhone 2G, 3G, iPod 1st Gen, iPod 2nd Gen at www.whited00r.com. Regards, Kason. Hi, Rob. Per the person asking about apps for older versions of iOS, just do a Google search for apps that work with 4.2.1. There are a lot of websites that show apps that still work. I found a lot of apps this way and installed them by using the App Store on the device once I knew what apps would work. Regards, Karen. Karen and Kason, thank you for your answers on that question from the last show. Hi Rob, I have an iPhone 4S and randomly my push notifications for Facebook just stopped chirping when I received a notification. It still shows that I have a new notification. I went through a few iOS help threads. The most common fix that I come across is to deactivate my Facebook account. I was wondering if any one of your listeners had this problem and has a different remedy for this. Regards, Chris S., North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Hi, Rob. I have a jailbroken iPad 1 running iOS 5.1.1, and whenever I try to open up Cydia or any Cydia-installed apps, it crashes. Not the iPad, but the app. Should I back up and then restore any ideas? Thanks, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Here is the tried but true methods that we've worked for many people in the past. One, force quit out of all open apps. Two, in settings, go to reset, then reset network settings. Three, relaunch Cydia and see if you still have the issue. Four, if Cydia is stable now, try launching some Cydia apps and see if they work fine. 
five, if Cydia apps keep crashing, but Cydia is okay, go in and start uninstalling Cydia apps one at a time to get down to just a few that you really want and use and see if that helps. If you can't get Cydia stable to uninstall apps, then you'll need to restore. But I would try uninstalling Cydia apps first one at a time. Hope that helps. Hello, Rob. This is Steve from Houston. At item 263, you talked about running a, an old iOS that with apps that don't uh, that, that no longer run on it. So you said be very careful and not update so that when you try to reinstall the app, it won't install because you're running an older OS. Well, if it does happen, uh, I got three questions. One, do you sync with iTunes? Two, are you on a Mac? And three, is your iTunes library on machine that, on a drive that is backed up by Time Machine? If all three conditions are met, then you can go back through your Time Machine backup um, just find find the iTunes directory uh, where it stores all the apps and then go to Time Machine and look for the older version of that app and drag it back into iTunes. That works for me. I, I don't, I've had to do it before. That's all I got to say. Uh, thanks, thanks for your show and, and have a great day. Bye. Steve, thanks again for your feedback. Remember what I said on the last episode about the evasion team not likely going to do a jailbreak again until the next major revision of iOS? Nailed it. As Pod2G said exactly that via Twitter after I released the last episode. Just saying. So yeah, if you want to jailbreak, do not upgrade past iOS 6.1.2. Thanks to Levi for the heads up on this next one, which is the jailbreak app audio recorder, which claims to be the first true iPhone call recorder ever. Before I talked about this one, I needed to download it and test it out, which I did. I don't pay for many apps, but in this case, I felt if I, it, you know, it was kind of worth it. If it did work, and I hoped it would, uh, it would be worth the $3.99. In a nutshell, not really. Here is why. For me, with my iPhone 4S, you can only record when in speaker mode. Sound familiar? Yeah. The app Siobhan mentioned back on episode 260 does the same thing. And it does not require jailbreak. And you can also get a free version. Now, one big difference is with Audio Recorder, it puts a little record button on your phone app on the iPhone. So when you, anytime you make a call and go to speakerphone mode, it shows a little record button right there. Upon hitting the button, you and the other person hear a this call will be recorded message. I guess some sneaky people who know beforehand they plan to record the call can start the call, hit the button right away, and the message will play before the other person has a chance to answer most of the time. But some of the time, people may answer quickly and hear part of this is being recorded message. Oh, that would be embarrassing and awkward. The app is a paid app, as I mentioned, $3.99, PayPal or credit card. First, you need to add a repo in Cydia. The repo to add is http colon forward slash forward slash l-i-m-n-e-o-s dot net slash r-e-p-o. That's limeneos dot net slash repo. Once you think you added the repo, you then need to choose install, and it will install the app. You then go to the settings app and find the audio recorder app in the settings, and tap on it to do the payment part. 
Once you finish paying, the app is installed as a tweak and part of your phone app, which again, having the button right there when in speaker mode, phone mode is nice. But if you're not looking to spend money, then go and listen to episode 260 and the app Siobhan mentions. Not sure this app does the recording with the headphone earbuds uh, in use for the iPhone 5, but again, at least for the 4S, it says you can only record calls if you're in the speakerphone mode. If anyone got this app or gets this app and has an iPhone 5, let me know how it works there for recording. Here are actually a couple of test recordings I did with the app. This phone call will be recorded. This is Rob from Today in iOS. Please leave a message at the tone. See, if you're really sneaky and tricky with this, you can actually hit the this message will be recording button before the person has a chance to pick up and find out that you're actually recording. But that would be illegal and you shouldn't do that. Well, actually, if you're in Kansas or a one-party state and you're calling someone else in a one-party state, it's not really illegal. Just probably not ethical. Now, I was also curious what would happen if you muted the phone and then hit the record button. And here's what the other person would hear. I wonder what happens if I hit the mute button and then hit the record button. This phone call will be recorded. And then I take the mute button off. I wonder if they hear the message. Yes, Yes, they do. Now, do I feel I wasted the $3.99? No, I actually will probably wind up using this app, and it really is nice convenience to have that record button right there on the speakerphone mode. Sadly, again, it only records when you're on speakerphone mode with an iPhone 4S. Hopefully someone out there has an iPhone 5, also gets this app, and will let us know if it records more than just in speakerphone mode. Thanks to Tash for the heads up on this next one, which is about the jailbreak tweak called Grabby spelled G-R-A-B-B-Y. And what it does in a nutshell is offer up multiple apps you can select from your lock screen. You know how when you are at the lock screen, if you slide up on the camera, you get the camera right away? This makes it super quick to get to your camera when you need it fast. But now with Grabby, you could also add in some more apps like Messages app when you have to text right away, or the iPhone app, or the music app. You do need to add a repo to get this, which I will not even attempt to give out. Just look for Grabby in the show notes for a link to an article at iDownloadBlog that goes over this tweak and the repo needed. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is an article over at TUAW titled Kindergarten.com Makes Apps Free for Autism Awareness Month. So if you have a youngin, Check out this article with a link to all the apps or search for kindergarten.com in iTunes to see and download these apps for free in the month of April. There was a recent announcement of a new conference, this one in San Francisco on September 12th. The conference is focusing on the tablet ecosystem and is called Tab Times Tablet Ecosystem. No conference or anything else, just Tab Times Tablet Ecosystem, which is brought to you by Tab Times. Nope, never heard of them either in association with the Application Developers Alliance. Or where in San Francisco this will be? It will be at the Mission Bay Conference Center at UCSF and costs $40 for the full day. I don't know if conference is as accurate as a daily seminar might be when describing this, but hey, if you are in the San Francisco area, have an extra 40 bucks and need an excuse to go out and meet other devs, then here you go. Oh, and the event is capped by the Tabby Awards, 
the, quote, very first award ceremony honoring the best consumer tablet apps worldwide, unquote. Hey, Rob, I'm calling in response to the person having a problem with the location area, <clears throat> location arrow always on. Um, I had the same problem. I'm actually still on 6.1, but I've had it if that. I, what I would suggest for her to do is go into, I think it's in privacy, and you can look at all the places, you know, all the apps that are using it. In my case, it was a particular app that I had downloaded that after I launched it, it uses location, just got stuck on. Maybe she should check that because after I turned off the location services for that particular app, I never had the issue again. So it could be a, a glitch in one of the programs she already has, or maybe the glitch was created by the update with one of her apps. So that's what I would suggest that she look at because I know that could kill your battery real quick. So hope this helps her and um, have a good one, Rob. Thank you. Bye. Hello, Rob. On episode 263, you asked for people that had experiences with the new podcast app to share them, especially if they had downloaded or if the app had downloaded unwanted episodes. Uh, this did happen to me. I noticed that it downloaded the most recent 10 episodes because that's what my preferences were prior to the upgrade. I've also noticed um, another little bug. This episode 263, when it did come in, it prompted me with an alert uh, on the icon, you know, the little number one inside of a red circle. And even though I downloaded it and started playing, it leaves that alert up until you've finished playing it. So if you're the kind of person that likes to keep multiple unplayed episodes, you'll have to put up with that little bug. Paul, thanks for the feedback, and I did not cut you off there. That's just where your voicemail message ended, so I'm not sure what happened. Back to the email big. Hi, Rob. I wanted to let everyone know about a new photo iPhone app called TagCam, T-A-G-C-A-M, one word. I am not a developer, but a big fan of Farid Husni, who is related to me by marriage. TagCam is a photo sharing app that allows the user to tag your own pictures of the photo you take. When you take a picture or choose one you have, you have the option to tag a photo of yourself on top using the front camera. The tag can be moved and changed in color, zoom, chain shapes, and more. Your tag photos can be shared through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or SMS. Please check it out. And did I mention it's free? Regards, Cheryl D. Back to the email back. Hey Rob, I was wondering if you or anyone in the audience knew about an app that will allow me to paint super accurately and precisely for the iPad. I want to make good artwork for an app I'm making. Regards, Daniel. Hi Daniel, I would suggest taking a look at all the artwork that has been created as the album artwork for TII over the past few years, and then looking at the apps that were used for the ones that you like. There have been some great pieces of art created over the last few years for this show, Go back to episode 90 and start looking at the album artwork. Then when you find artwork you like, just listen to the beginning of that episode to hear which artwork was used to create said artwork. Hi Rob, I just upgraded to the iPhone 5 from the iPhone 4 and I am currently running iOS 6.1.3. I have never jailbroken any of the three iPhones I've had, but I want to now. My question is this. I am still covered under the one-year standard warranty. If I were to jailbreak and have something on the phone stop working correctly, that was not a jailbreak-related problem. Would Apple be able to tell that I had it jailbroken on the phone even after doing a full factory restore? Regards, Jonathan from Atlanta. Well, Jonathan, a couple issues. One, you're at 6.1.3, and there's no jailbreak for that, so you would have to get yourself back to 6.1.2. 
But per being jailbroken and Apple's warranty, Apple claims their warranty is voided when you jailbreak. That's their claim. Now, if you had a third-party warranty, like from, say, SquareTrade, you would not have an issue. So SquareTrade does not care if you're jailbreaking or not. Apple says they do care. Now, that said, if you are able to restore the device, you will remove the jailbreak and you'll be fine. I don't know of anyone that's ever called in and said, hey, Apple refused to cover my warranty because I was jailbroken. Again, even if you do bring it into Apple Store and they see it's jailbroken, they'll tell you to go back and restore it. Now, the issue comes if, for some reason, you can't restore it and the jailbroken is stuck on there. But, again, if that's really your concern, if you plan to jailbreak, as I've said in the past, and you have a third-party warranty, don't get the Apple Care Plus. Get the Square Trade warranty. Go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII or squaretrade.com forward slash TII2. I think uh, TII and TII2 are the two promo codes you can use. A T TII is for the iPhone. TII2 is for the iPads. With the TII discounts, the Square Trade warranty is cheaper than Apple Care Plus, And again, you're covered even if you're jailbroken. Hey, Rob. It's Mike from Florida. I had a question for the other uh, TII uh, listeners. Looking for an app on slot machines that doesn't require you to purchase coins or anything. One just kind of like reloads every time where you don't have to go online and buy virtual coins or whatever the case may be. So a slot game, a slot app that's actually just for fun and not actually online and uh, that you don't have to purchase anything. Great show. Thanks for your help. And I look forward to the next podcast. Take it easy. Bye. Folks, if you have any suggestions for Mike, send an email in today in iOS at gmail.com. Let us know which free slot app you guys out there like. Okay, some personal info time. Last week, I went to EdTech in San Francisco. As I had mentioned previously on the show, I was going to do. I arrived late Monday evening, and all was going well. I checked into my hotel room, no issues, caught up on email, even got a little head. Went to sleep by midnight. Around 2 a.m., though, Freddy Krueger crawled into my dreams, slipped under my bed, and stabbed me in the back, or so it felt. I woke up into the worst pain I have ever felt in my entire life. And I had broken bones a few times, played rugby, and have a bad lower back. But this was worse, way worse. It was internal. It was higher up in the back. Not knowing what it feels like to die and fearing that might be the case, I figured it was time to get out of the hotel room. Not the obit I wanted. Podcaster found dead in downtown San Francisco hotel room. Yeah, that would have traumatized my kids for years. So I decided to go to the hospital. Again, yes, the pain was that bad. But through this pain and fear, I remembered to grab not just my iPhone, but also my charger and my cord. I am well trained in the ways of iOS. I went down to the concierge. She got me a cab and off to the hospital I went. When all was said and done, it wound up being that I had a kidney stone. Uh, those that have had one probably already figured it out. Those that have not, I just can't explain the pain level. But anyway, that is my personal story on my trip last week. Not exactly how I figured my trip would go. Now, another funny story related to this story that is iOS related, I guess you would say, is uh, it's... Now, somewhere around 4.35 in the morning, back where my, my wife is, and I'm in San Francisco, and I don't want to call her. I don't want to wake her up and say, hey, I'm at the hospital because there's nothing she can do other than I wake her up, and then she can't get to sleep, and the kids wake up. So I don't want to wake her up. So I send a, while well, I'm there in the bed at the hospital, take a picture of myself, and I text it to her phone. 
showing her in, that I'm in the hospital bed and with a message that says, see your email. Then I send her an email. In the email, I explain to her what's going on, what they think it is, um, and not to worry. And then I'll call her when I, you know, when I have more information. So I send the text off. She doesn't get it right away. She doesn't hear it come in. Her phone's downstairs. She's sleeping upstairs with the kids. The next morning, she gets up. She gets her phone. She sees there's a text from me. She sees the picture of me in the hospital bed, and she starts laughing. She goes, hey, kids, look what daddy sent. He got a new app. So she assumed that someone had sent me a new app that makes you look like you're in a hospital bed, showed the kids that. My kids laugh. Well, my youngest son laughs. My oldest son goes, well, that's not funny. Why would he do that? Uh, He's kind of serious. My wife explains, well, it's just a late April Fool's joke. So they then, I guess he then laughs and, and they laugh. At 45 minutes later, she goes and checks her email and then finds out that it's not a joke. Oh. So if you're a dev, you're looking for an idea for an app, how about Hospital Me? Instead of Elf Me, Hospital Me. And before we go away today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or a comment for something someone else said on the episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look out for the TI app or look at the TI app, not just as the best way to consume the show, but also as a great way to get push messages when a new episode goes live or there is other iOS breaking news, like hopefully soon about WWDC for you developers out there waiting for that news. It is just $2.99 in the App Store. That is the TI app. It helps you enjoy the show more, and it helps support the show at the same time. And it makes it really, really easy to email or call in the show with your feedback. Again, just search TII in the iTunes App Store. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to bone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 